digging in the dirt. I'm digging in the dirt. This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, climate change, farming, gardening, and food. And now I'd like to welcome onto WPKN and Digging in the Dirt, Daphne Dixon, who is on a coast-to-coast EV, electric vehicle road trip. Daphne is co-founder and executive director at Live Green Network in Connecticut. Daphne Dixon, along with Alyssa Murphy, are going from one United States coast to another in a Ford Mustang Mach-E all-wheel drive electric vehicle. Welcome, Daphne. Well, thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for having us on your show today. We really appreciate it. No problem. So where are you in the country now? Today, we are in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh, very good. So how long did it take you to get out there? And when did you leave? We had a, a press conference on Monday, June 6th in Fairfield. And then we actually left um, on June 7th from Fairfield. And we went to Greater Hudson Valley in New York. And then we went on to Brooklyn. And um, we had a great experience there in Brooklyn charging at the Rebel Station. It was really fun and really really seamless. It was a fast charger there. And then from there, we drove to um, Philadelphia, where we stayed over overnight. So Philly was our first night um, overnight. Very good. So uh, how's it going? It's fantastic. It's been so much fun. And I have to say, I don't know if it's the hats we wear, or EV Coast to Coast road trip hats, um, but people have been so so nice. They actually come up to us when we're charging and they see our hats and they see what we're doing. And they ask us about what, you know, what, you know, why are you doing this road trip? And of course we go on to tell them, you know, we're doing the road trip because, you know, research shows that 50% of the people do not purchase electric vehicles because they have, you know, what's called range anxiety. So they are afraid that they will not make it from point A to point B, especially moms that have kids. They want to be sure that they, you know, that they're traveling safely. And 50% of people just don't feel safe yet driving an electric vehicle because they are afraid they're going to get stuck. <laughs> and you say that, and you're demonstrating that it's not the case. We're demonstrating that it's not. So I will, you know, full transparency, as they say, I do not own an electric vehicle myself. So I am in the market for one, and I wanted to not just necessarily prove it to other people. I wanted to prove it to myself that it's you know safe and reliable, and you can get to, from point A to point B in electric vehicles. I've never taken a trip like this before. I've never driven this far in an electric vehicle, and I have to say it's been it's been really easy. So and how far have you gone in a day? Furthest we've gone in a day is about about. 500 miles. Oh, that's pretty good. I was going to think it was going to be like 300. Uh, no. So the range of the vehicle, strictly speaking, it's 300. It, so, but for anyone who owns an electric vehicle, you, you kind of learn quickly that it doesn't always charge up to 300. It just, there's so many variables and it's a battery. So our experience has been, you know, in our week of driving and we've gone about, I think we've got about 1600 miles Our experience has been that, you know, even if we leave it, even if we are a fast charger for a while or overnight for a long time, usually it charges back up to about the most is about 280 at the most. We did get it to charge up once to to 299, but that was only one time. So it usually charges up to about 280, 275. And usually we don't charge up to 100%. It's usually around 93 
percent or so. So after a charge um, at one of the one of the stations, charging stations, we're usually leaving at about two. It's it's been around like about two two forty is is usually where we're leaving at. And how long does it take to charge? It depends. It depends if it's level two or if it's level three. It depends how low the battery was when you get there. But you know, in general, when we have done our stops, let's say we so the other a couple of times we've gotten down to like 50 miles, like 50 miles left, um, because we don't have range anxiety, because we know we're gonna get to our charging station. So we run it down to 50. And then to get it back up to like the the two, 250, 260, it takes maybe about, and if it's a fast charger, maybe about 50 minutes or so. So you got to hang around for 50 minutes while it charges. And, and it's probably less than 50 minutes. It's, it's, you know, what's 50 minutes is how long it usually takes us. <laughs> so <laughs> typically every time we've stopped to charge, Alyssa and I, we get something to eat, we stretch, we usually we go into the host um, of where we're charging and we tell them, hey, we're on this coast to coast EV road trip and we introduce ourselves. We say hello to them. They get all excited. A lot of times we do videos with them. And honestly, by the time we've, you know, had our, our breaks and had something to eat and walked around a little bit, the, the, the car is usually done before mm -hmm. we are. And so, you know where every station is that you're going to stop at? Yeah. I mean, so Alyssa has been our navigator and she has been, you know, really excellent at using all the different apps. And so we kind of have used different you know, different networks and different apps to, to find the next one. Before we, before we set out to make sure we could actually make it, we did sort of a straw proposal. We did sort of a, a draft of, you know, these are the stations that looks like would work. But what we found is as we actually get out into this trip, a lot of times we'll talk to people, you know, where we are and we'll say, hey, what's the best charger? You know, we're going from Knoxville to Memphis. Where do you charge? Um, and they'll tell us. And sometimes it's um, what we were going to do. And then in a few cases, you know, they have, you know, they have a recommendation that, that we take. Hmm. There's a lot of different options and there's a lot of different networks. So we, you know, we do these different chargers and different networks. And there's, then the good news is there's, there's lots of, there's lots of choices, but, you know, we haven't gotten close to being stranded. And what happens if you do get stranded? Well, we're not, but if you do, you know, so if you do, so like last night, we know we were driving, we had left Knoxville. Well, we actually were in, we left from Nashville. I'm sorry. So we had stayed in Nashville and then we drove through Memphis. Of course we stopped by Graceland and then we had to get from um, Memphis to Hot Springs. And it was, it was, it was about 300 miles. And, you know, we, we stopped enough along the way to feel like we would, you know, be able to get here, but, you know, let's just say something happened and it was like all uphill and we got stuck. So, you know, what do you do? You, uh, you, you pull to the side of the road and worst case you get, you know, you get towed. <laughs> that is, is what would happen. You would get, you would just get towed. So you'd call AAA and you'd get towed. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the worst case, you know, so. Mm -hmm. that's and, but that has not happened. No, and you know, and then you I don't really, expect it to happen either. I really don't, you know, because you know, you it's just numbers. So you look, you look at um, where you are, and you look at where you're going, and how many miles charge you have, and you know where your next charger is. And I guess you know, you just have to 
trust the numbers. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you don't want to get down to zero and you don't, you know, 50 mile is about as um, low as I'm willing to go, especially when you're in parts of the country that you are not familiar with. You know, maybe it's different if you're in your own hometown driving around, but, you know, we're out here in the middle, <laughs> middle of the country. We also make sure that when we are we're going to a destination and there's a, a you know a charger we have our, our our hearts set on that we do have redundancy because sometimes chargers don't work so you know sure. you don't want to put all your hopes on one charger because if it's broken you know it is a problem so you kind of just want to look around and say okay well if that one doesn't work there's one 10 miles away or here or there mm-hmm. um, so, so what about paying for it how does how does it work oh it's simple you just have there's apps and you just you know, like, well, we all have these apps now. So you just download the app, you put in your credit card information, and then they all work a little bit differently, but you basically just hold your phone up to the, you know, the, the charging station there and it, it, it reads your card and it just, it's really, it's really easy. Is it cheaper than a gallon of gas nowadays? Yeah. So it is. It is. Yeah. Especially now. So the, the way it's measured is in kilowatt. And so like our range is the range of cost per kilowatt has been anywhere from like 43 cents to like 63 cents per kilowatt. But what, what does that mean? So, you know, in general, it depends on the price of, you know, the cost of gas in this, in the, in your, in the neighborhood you're in and the price of the kilowatt, but in broad, broad terms, it's going to be at least 50% less. Really? One of the things we are doing by state is we are calculating, we're calculating you know, the distance that we travel in a state. So let's say we, let's say we travel across a state and we travel 600 miles. Well, what would that cost, you know, for the, using the price of gas in that state, because all the states have, you know, kind of a little bit, they fluctuate. So using the price in that state, what would it cost to drive in a, in, you know, an ice vehicle? What's the cost of that? And then what we're then doing is, what is it, what does it cost, you know, to drive an electric vehicle that same distance. So we're, you know, we're using a, a RAV4 as our comparable ICE vehicle. We're comparing that to what it costs to drive a Mustang Mach-E um, that distance. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing that cost comparison so people can, can see this is what it would have cost if we had driven this vehicle and this is what it's costing with the Mustang Mach-E. Cool, can't wait to see those results at the end. And it's, where is the end? Where, where, where do you end up at the end of this trip? We end up in Sacramento, California. So um, we'll be there on June 27th. They're rolling out the red carpets. Um, there's dignitaries, speeches, all sorts of confetti and um, fanfare. <laughs> like so the great race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's actually a lunch and learn that, after, uh, that, that day from 10 to 2. Cool. And then in the evening, we're working with, and for both events, we're working with Sacramento Clean Cities coalition and the the car club there and also the california automobile automobile museum so it's kind of like a day long and into the evening sort of um celebration so good i want to talk to you on the 28th that'll that'll be good so tell me something you you're big um pushing electric vehicles including buses and stuff like that what's your sense of things how much longer is the combustion engine going to dominate you know, that's all going to depend on the OEMs, the, the manufacturers. So what's going to start happening is they've all committed to only building electric vehicles. So at some point, it's really not going to be a choice. If you go to buy a new car, you're only going to have the choice of buying an electric vehicle. So wow. that's going to happen 
at you know probably sooner than people realize. Mm-hmm. So you know when we drive around now, we actually we try to we try to count the number of vehicles we see as we're driving on the road, and it is not that many, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen very quickly. I think it should happen quickly in like hometowns. I mean, if you have a second car, there's no reason to have a combustion engine. I mean, you're only going 50, 60 miles a day or if that. Yeah. So why would you worry about it? I mean, you, the second car for sure should be electric. For sure. And we're finding like, you know, with the hotels, you know, it's a wide range of what you find when you travel. So like when we were in DC, they had what's called a level one, one charger, which is really just a plug, like you plug your toaster into. <laughs> um, so I think we got like 12 miles, but you know, it was what they had, it's what they offered. They, they were, it was, you know, they were trying. So there was that. Um, there's some hotels that, especially in cities, they, um, they work with parking companies who take care, who manage the parking for the hotels. We have found in every case that those valets that work for those companies are extremely courteous and helpful and have been really wonderful in, in, in facilitating whatever it was that they had, even if it really wasn't perfect. So like in, in Philadelphia, that hotel, they when, you, when they, for any guest, if they valet a car, they, they have an agreement with a public garage. Um, and they valet their cars there. And in that garage, they have a couple of charging stations. So the valets, you know, helped us navigate, helped us navigate that. And Uh, with the proliferation of uh, charging stations everywhere, eventually, this will be a whole lot easier. Yeah. And what's, I mean, Hot Springs has been, has really been the best hotel so far because they just put in like two weeks ago, like four charging stations um, with, you know, dual, dual ports. So we checked in and we went to park just like a regular person and it was boom, charging stations were right there and we downloaded the app. That's what you want. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just perfect. It was so far, as far as a hotel goes, it was the absolute best experience. It was just like, it was just flawless really. So we're talking to Daphne Dixon. She is co-founder and executive director at Live Green Network in Connecticut. You should check out their website. There's lots of stuff going on all the time with Daphne. She's a busy woman. And now she's really busy traveling across the country. We're talking to her on the way, and then we'll talk to her at the end of all this, too. So, Daphne, tell me and, and the listeners what one thing, as we wrap up here, that you want to tell everybody about EVs. Well, the one thing I would just um, invite people to do is to follow us on our Facebook page, which is Life on the EV Highway, Life on the EV Highway. And you can, and so we're, we're showing as we go our charging experience. So what we're really trying to demonstrate is that, you know, two women who don't, who don't own EVs, who have never taken a trip like this before, who have never actually charged an EV until a week ago, like I've actually never charged an EV myself for a car I was going to drive with an app until a week ago. And here we are, you know, halfway across the country. Good for you. So it's just, it's really not that big of a deal. And, you know, if, if, if we can do this, I think we just are trying to demonstrate to others that they might not be ready to buy an EV, but you know, they're coming. So we would invite people to just be curious about EVs, maybe take a test drive, maybe read a little bit about it, you know, and, and kind of, kind of have it be sort of a fun thing. Well, Daphne Dixon, thanks for joining me here. Uh, good luck on this. Be safe. And we'll talk to you on the other side. 
Thank you so much. It's been great talking with you, Kevin. This is Digging in the Dirt, and I'd like to welcome onto uh, Digging in the Dirt once again, Daphne Dixon. Daphne is co-founder and executive director of Live Green Network in Connecticut. Daphne, along with Alyssa Murphy, went on a coast-to-coast EV road trip going from one uh, United States coast to the other in a Ford Mustang Mach-E all-wheel drive electric vehicle. In the middle of this trip, Daphne came on Digging in the Dirt to fill us in on what was going on, and now she is back to give her final report and assessment of what happened on this unique trip and talk about the future of electric vehicles. Welcome, Daphne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. No problem at all. So, uh, how was it? Was it a lot of fun? (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. Um, One thing I do want to mention, I'm also director of Connecticut Southwest Area Clean Cities Coalition, okay. and that coalition is part of a, a nationwide network of coalitions that's um, supported by the uh, Department of Energy's Vehicle Technologies Office. Okay, so and, and what's the main goal of that organization? The main goal of that organization is to work with fleets to transition them to alternative fuels, oh, and that's really what got me in to wanting to take such a Right. I, I remember you working on changing over the Connecticut school buses to electric, right? Yes, we work a lot on that. And there's actually a um, EPA clean school bus rebate going on right now. Um, the deadline for that is coming up next week. So if there's any school districts out Listening. there that want an electric <laughs> school bus, you know, um, everybody's eligible. So um Really? How's that going? Is it changing over? I mean, it's all up to the individual school district. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, In this particular grant, the the, um, individual school district has the ability to apply for their own grant. In previous grants, uh, most of the um, uh, sort of the power has been given to the the service providers. So most school districts in Connecticut have a a contract with a school bus service provider. So in, in in previous cases, it's been, you know, the school bus provider has has had to apply for that grant. But in this grant, um, the school district has the authority to also apply. And for. how many towns are switching over? Well, you know, there's legislation that is um, making it uh, imminent that at some point all school districts do need to transition over to electric. They have to do it. Yes. Okay. And so at some point. And so... When uh, there's federal money that's available, the best thing to do is to um, to apply. <laughs> so it, it, it seems to me it would be an easy transition since it's short runs, right? We're not talking about going long distances, and that's been some of the problem or some of the issues with electric vehicles, right? So if you're just running around town dropping kids off and picking them up from school... It seems like it would be a, a no-brainer. Well, there is there is a lot to it, and some school districts have... Um, one or two or three routes that they run in a day. So those those buses, depending on the route, do do run quite a, quite a bit of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are some infrastructure challenges with the charging stations. One thing that comes up sometimes is that um, schools sometimes require utility upgrades mm-hmm. um, to their panels to handle the additional load oh, of the it. charging. Mm-hmm. So there's some things to work out. Every school district's different because every 
building is different. They all have different routes and and uh, and different requirements. But um, it it will all get taken care of at some point. Yeah, so it's inevitable. In other words, you think? Yes. Yeah, I yes, think so too. Absolutely. So tell us about the uh, Ford Mustang Mach E trip. Well, <laughs> that sounds like fun driving one of those. It was. It was. Um, it was amazing. Um, so it was it was fun in a lot of ways, but we really did this trip as a demonstration and research project. So we tried it and we did collect as much data as possible because we really wanted to learn about this. I had mentioned when we talked previously that I, I don't own an EV. I've I'd never driven an EV more than a couple of miles in a test drive, and I had never charged an EV. So I was really a novice at all of this. Mm-hmm. And so was Alyssa Murphy. So she didn't, she, she knew even less than I did. Um, but the two of us, nonetheless, um, we, you know, we, we planned uh, the trip um, using um, the AFDC station locator. And so we, we, knew, we knew that we could get there. So when we originally planned the destinations, I just planned it, like I mentioned before, um, just to go to really cool places. I didn't game it. So I didn't go to like an existing charging station network and say, oh, let's do that. I planned the trip without even looking at any charging stations okay. at all. I mean, I just planned it. On oh, this purpose? Would, oh, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to... Just wanted to really I test just, it. Yeah. So we did that, and then we... I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is how we're going to go. And then um, Alyssa went, and she, you know, she made sure that we could get there. But then really what happened along the way is um, we, we stuck to that route. We did not change one city. Um, but what we found along the way through um, the, the Ford um, app mm-hmm. and using Electrify America and also using PlugShare, we did adapt where we stopped to charge. Um, we found some, some better places. Some, when I, and when I mean better, I mean faster. Um, we stopped at um, 41 um, places along the way during the day. Um, 15 of those were um, at Walmarts. Um, and then at night, um, at the places that we stayed, um, we stayed at um, 16 places. Um, 15 of them had charging. Um, the one that did not have charging had a fast charger like 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. So they, they all did have um, overnight charging. One of the chargers in D.C. was um, level one, which means what you plug your toaster into. <laughs> so we didn't get a lot out of that, but we wanted, we wanted to experience it. Um, and it took forever. We didn't need that many miles, um, but we we just we thought, well, what the heck, you know? Let's let's do level one since we wanted. We actually wanted to, you know, we wanted to pull the cord out from the car. You know, again, it was a demonstration event, so and we wanted to learn like what's it like to charge sure. level one. Makes sense. So you don't get a lot of charge. That's what we learned, mm-hmm. but we still wanted to do it. Yeah, we want to try it out. And see. So maybe we should explain what you say level one. So how many, there's how many levels are there? There's three. three. So the level one, like I said, is basically what you plug your toaster into. So if you, and you know, overnight, it depends on many, it depends on your car. It depends on how low your battery is when you start to charge it. Um, but you might get overnight, you might get 20 miles. So if you're in an emergency and that's all you got, that's what you're going to take. Um, so level two, um, that's what we charged in most of the times overnight. So if we plugged in at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, um, by the morning, it was a hundred percent. Okay. You know, so that's it was. Good. So it's fine. You, that's like if you're charging. If you have a place to charge at home or any place overnight, um, it, it charges right up to a hundred. Level three is fast charger. So we typically, when we stopped to charge, and we drove about our average was about three hundred miles a day. 
Um, when we stopped it to charge, we were normally around 48% battery, and we normally charged up to about 85. And the car was always done before we were. Um, it usually took about a half hour for it to for it to do that. But we would, you know, we would get out, we would stretch our legs, we'd have, would eat something, would use the restroom, and before you know it, you know, like half hour had gone by, and um, our car was ready to go. Oh, so good. it never, we never sat around. Like, oh, is that car ever going to be done? Like, that never happened. Never happened. See, that's the one thing you hear. People go, I can't do this because I'm not going to be driving to Toronto and I'm not going to sit there and wait an hour for it to charge. And you're saying that didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, you know, we drove, we took a couple days where we stayed over a couple nights just to make sure we were rested and all of that. But, um, you know, we were driving a lot. And so, you know, we did stop every couple of hours just because I wanted to get out of the car. I wanted to be sure I was refreshed and didn't get tired. Um, but yeah, the charging just, it, it was, it's, it was, it was uneventful. You know, how boring is that? But <laughs> that's it, good though. I mean, you know, the, the, for, that's good for electric vehicles and the public to know that, that yeah. the, it's uneventful. It was, you know, so, I mean, probably the most exciting thing we did, and it really had nothing to do with having an electric vehicle, was we, um, we, we drove into Death Valley, and it was um, the, the way we went. It's beautiful. I've been there many times. Isn't it gorgeous? It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It's so Best beautiful. to go in the winter. But. Yeah, it was. A, it actually, what was so funny is the day we were driving, it was supposed to be like 100 and whatever, very hot, and then some front blew in, and about I don't know an hour before we got there just sort of this light sort of rain sort of started and um it cooled down to 85 degrees and when we got there there was a double rainbow it was just magnificent of course by the next morning it was like 110 at 6 (laughs) a.m like let's get out of here it reminds me of that song it rained so you know it was it was so hot i froze to death you know right right. that's the the song comes from reality it's really extremes in that in that area but what was great was when we um went got out of there and um, we stopped at Baker, I think was one of our first stops out of there. And um, it was hot, but they had, there was a great charging station that had, it had cover, which most of them don't. Mm. And it covered, was covered with solar panels. It was 100% renewable. One of the questions we got along, uh, along the way in our social media um, was people saying, you know, why, why bother, you know, having an electric vehicle if the grid is um, fuel, you know, powered by, um, like oil, coal or, or petroleum. Yeah, sure. So we thought, well, um, so what we did was, and we are doing, we're completing um, a kind of a lengthy report. And one of the things that we're capturing in the report on our state pages is what is the actual fuel mix for electricity in each state? Right. Um, just, you know, now there's right now um, our calculations are saying that about, you know, in the, all the states we travel to, the average, if we look at all the states, that's about 15% um, renewable, um, and, and uh, natural gas is about 46%. And then mm. there's the other, the other fuels. It's going to get better and better, Of though. course it is, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and also the, it's, the exhaust is not coming out anymore, which That's is right. number one, right? I mean, right. we're talking about it's a high pollution. You know, you're putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, and that's not good. That's not good. I've actually looked at the air quality um, this week. It's been so hot, but I've been looking at the air quality the last few nights in this area, Bridgeport, Fairfield. And um, it's, you know, the air quality has been measured at like 133. So maybe that doesn't mean anything to anybody. But what I'll say is when I looked at New York City, it was half that. 
Right. And so the the you know we have very bad air here, and so is that because I ninety five runs through, or that has it, a lot to do with it. The industry is not here so much anymore, but. Yeah. So there must be. I would there's be the thinking, connector. There's a lot of trucks. Right. So it's you know it's that diesel. It's, and then it's sort of a heat dome, you know, where it mm-hmm. sort of holds it in place. It right? does. Even it though is. we have a coast right here, you think it would right. blow it away, you right? You would think that, but it it does kind of hold. See, it I in. lived in Los Angeles when I was a kid, and and we were up on a hill. Uh, looking down mm-hmm. at the valleys, and you could see, you felt like you could walk out on the the pollution. It was so thick at that time, and they would yes. stop school because your lungs hurt. I'm from L.A., and my parents met in Pasadena, oh, and when they met... I'm from La Cañada. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, it's right out there, right? Yeah. Front Ridge, that whole yeah. thing going on. Uh, and you know, like, so when they were, you know, met, you know, if they were in Pasadena, your eyes would burn. Oh, and your People lungs hurt. You that. could take Come a breath, and you go... <gasps> It would stop. Yeah. You couldn't take yeah. a deep breath. Absolutely. And that's I, really... And that's where the Clean Air Act came from. People kind of wonder, like, what's up with California? Oh, my God, people <laughs> couldn't breathe. You couldn't, no. It was terrible. You couldn't see Catalina from the mountains where we were, lived. We lived right. up in the mountains. Right. And you couldn't see Catalina, which is 50 miles away on a right. clear day. Right. It popped out of the ocean. Right. It, it was crazy. Yeah. So what's the biggest takeaway that you, you took from this trip? Um, by the way, we're speaking to Daphne Dixon, and she was on a trip for with a Ford Mustang Mach-E all-wheel EV to test it out and see what all the issues were. And so, what, what's yeah. what's the big? Let's say let's say let's go with the biggest negative first. Um, well, I will. I do want to say this was a brand neutral campaign, so we weren't necessarily promoting the Mustang. It was just, but we had to drive. Fair enough. We had to drive something. Um, and by, by the way, did uh, I understand yeah. Jim Motivali had something to do with this? Our colleague here, our at the colleague radio? and friend, yes, Jim Motivali is the one who Jim. connected me with the Mustang Mach-E. So there would not be a road trip without Jim. Right. He's a big writer on the electric vehicles, so he's you know, for the New York Times. Yeah, he's a great guy, and I'm glad he helped you out. Yeah, we wouldn't have the trip without him. Um, one of the things I found um, just kind of uh, heartwarming—I'm not sure is the right word—but we were in. Um, we were in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and I stopped by the Ford dealer, you know, just to say hello. As I was driving into the parking lot, I was still like 50 feet away from parking, and all these guys are like coming out to see the car. And they were like, what are you doing here? And I told them they were so, <laughs> they were so excited. And the general manager told me there that um, in Hot Springs, they have already sold 10, 10 Mach-E's, Hot Springs, Arkansas. You know, so that's, I, and that's macho land. You know, you would think for trucks and stuff like that. You know, right? But that dealer was he, the salesman, the general manager said, you know, this is where it's going, and in five years, all you're going to see is EVs, and we just want to be on top of it. Sure. And then there's we 150,000 orders for the F-150 Ford too. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's amazing. You it know, is amazing. They say that the pre-orders on that is ridiculous. Yeah, they can't take any more. Yeah, and the and they, not only that, they people are using a, they're plugging their house into it, right. using it as a generator. <laughs> right. right, right, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. In um, in Lubbock, Texas, um, we charged overnight at a um, Nissan dealer. Um, and so uh, there we were charging at Niso Daily. We went there the next morning, and we were talking with the sales manager there. And he said there's a, a Nissan Aria, which is coming out in the fall. And the, he told us that the pre-sales at, his, at that dealership were um, second only to Boulder. Really? And so there you are in Lubbock, Texas. So one would just think, wow, if these smaller towns in, in maybe unlikely places, I mean, these dealers were so excited about the EVs. 
I was surprised, and um, it was just... That is surprising. Yeah. And and good news, I think. Yeah, they were very excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So... um, what what have you learned? I mean, what is you want to impart to the people out there listening about this e- yeah. EV? I guess, you know, what I've learned is somebody who knows nothing about an EV can drive across the country. You know, it doesn't take any special skill, really. Um, and the other the other good news is that in Connecticut, we have a, there's a program, the CHEAPER program, C-H-E-A-P-R, it's an acronym. Um, you can find it on the DEEP website. And there's incentives and rebates for, for, for electric vehicles, for new and for used. So I don't know if everybody knows about that, but there are incentives. And then if people are still thinking, oh, there's just not enough infrastructure, well, you know, there does need to be a lot more infrastructure. But the, the bipartisan... Um, uh, act that was just passed. Ca- yeah, the yeah. pact. Yeah. So that's like five billion with a B dollars that's coming through, um, and that is t- that is to build out infrastructure. And then just also here in Connecticut, we have the VW um, grant opportunity. There's a new opportunity. It's four million dollars for um, businesses and for state agencies to apply for infrastructure, and that is due September 30th. That's four million dollars to lot, support. Yeah charging stations. And along with that is the utility make ready program, which takes care of the cost of any trenching. So you've got a grant, you've got, you know, the trenching taken care of. So really there is so much, um, there's so much funding around the infrastructure that it's just, it's going to happen. So the bottom line, when do you think the combustion engine, they're going to blow the horn and bury it, you know. <laughs> I mean, there are always people who collect them and have of them course. and everything, but basically, when do you think it's going to be dead? I mean, I think it's going to take a little while, but I certainly think that the world of transportation is going to be transformed within five years. Yeah, before 2030. Absolutely. I mean, the manufacturers, they... They're all on board, right? They have their plans. I think there's 24 Nissans coming out or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and what I've heard is in the next you know, three, four years, three years, there's going to be like over 100 electric vehicles to choose from. It's going to happen very quickly. Do you think they're going to put solar panels on the roofs? So I've that heard, they, there's, I've, there's one car company out west yeah, that's doing it. Yeah. I think that would be a logical thing to charge as you're driving. I mean, aren't we living in a fabulous world that's where a, people can just, you know, something like out of the if Jetsons, If we can survive right? all the problems <laughs> we've created, maybe it would be awesome right <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so much technology yeah, you know? folks we got to vote the right way here to get these things done you know yeah. it'd be great well daphne dixon thanks for coming in here to Thank digging you. in the dirt you yeah. know what's what's finally what's up with uh, live green connecticut anything we want to tell people about this happening in, in the near future or you got planned live green connecticut and connecticut southwestern area clean cities where we are also planning our next road trip so we are going to do a 2023 road trip um we're going to go from west to east and we're very excited about that we also do um, really want to, we really, we work with fleets mainly when we're not out driving and Mustang Monkey across the country. We, um, for no charge, work with fleets to help them transition off alternative fuel. So if anybody has a fleet that they want help with, if they have questions, they can always contact me at Daphne at livegreenct.org and I can help them with any questions, any technical assistance they need or any Anything they regarding police vehicles, school buses, or awesome. anything electric. Yeah, we'll say that one more time for everybody. Spell Daphne. Sure, it's Daphne. It's D A P H N E at live, L I V E, green like the color, C T like the state, dot O R G. Great. Daphne, thank you so much for coming in here. Digging in the dirt. Digging in the dirt. 
You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. To hear past programs anytime you want, visit the podcast section of WPKN.org.